and welcome to This Is Not Who Cast. Well, we can't do it better. <laughs> oh my word. Well, I'm Brendan. I'm Daniel. And I'm Bo. And we'll we'll try to do it better. This week. See how we go. Yeah. <laughs> this week we are going to be doing our own season of Doctor Who. New Doctor, new TARDIS, new companion, new everything. Fresh start. What have you got? Ooh, I'll go first. Okay. Um, I'm the youngest here and I'm the prettiest, so I'm going he first. He certainly is the youngest. <laughs> oh, boy, is he. So, <laughs> so my doctor is going to be, I'm going to have a younger woman uh, from the ages of late teens to er, um, early 30s, going to be betraying the doctor. And she's going to have, I want her to have that clubby look of the early 2000s. <laughs> so Rose Tyler? Um, that, mm, yes, but American <laughs> kind of club, oh, oh, okay, look. yeah, cool, 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 cool. Um, and sort of punk So like uh, Buffy Summers goes to the bronze type look. Yes. Yeah, nice. Oh. Uh, and then for, uh, but she's, her personality is going to be that of an old angry professor. Yeah. And she's, she's going to be grumpy all the time she's going to that uh she's going to be uh her mainstay costume is going to be a full tweed suit uh with a an academic uh sorry academic? an academic gown oh wow Ooh. uh which she'll take off in times of action and tension Ooh. That's cool. Um, um, can you tell me how she transitions from clubby to uh, Professor Lee? So um, I... I um, Are you talking about just her general look, not her clothes? Her general look as like the actress's general look. Oh, okay. I see. I thought you meant in terms of attire and then she would transition into the more Professor Lee sort of... Yeah, she's, she's, she's grumpy that she's, uh, that she's regenerated and she's not happy about it. She's not... Happy about anything. She's not happy about this TARDIS. She's not happy about what's happened in the past two thousand years. She's not happy with anything. Cool. And she's, what she's doctor preceded her? Do you have you um, picked one, or is it just kind of I'm in just, the future? I'm, I'm I'm happy with her ending up anywhere in the timeline. Nice. Okay. Uh, as we as we learnt from uh, the <laughs> uh, from the Eternal Child uh, that there were many that the Sorry, doctor is vomiting. <laughs> Has uh, the doctor has unlimited generations? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to fix point. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll skip on to my TARDIS uh, okay. for my interior of the TARD, uh, of the TARDIS. I want the TARDIS to look like an upper class um, library uh, with uh, with sci fi effects. So like. The bookshelves are a bit curvy, and there's round ones. How do you fit a book in there? <laughs> you you just put one in there, and that's it. <laughs> so not quite Peter Capaldi's Victorian library TARDIS vibe, or I also want the lighting to be cl uh, club, uh, very club. Uh, so like very flickering lights, um, changing lights. It, I want her to be annoyed that she can't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> she's going, she's annoyed at everything and she doesn't call the TARDIS sexy unless she gets uh, in a certain mood. Like, <laughs> and like that, like that has, like she has to um, hold back on that. And she's, the TARDIS is going to be her main 
her main person that she gets along with. Uh, but the TARDIS's center console, my pitch for it, is this massive gears and chained, uh, chained monstrosity of steel that uh, can only be moved with these massive gears that you have to pull around to do so any like very, minor like thing. Victor Frankenstein working mm. on the monster type, like you turn mm. the thing and yes. chains pull uh, like pulley and uh, like this massive oiled thing that if breaks will be a horror to fix. That's yeah. amazing. The um, she's already angry and she's like, "You're not even doing like you used to be." So I used to press some buttons. Now I have to pull this stupid god. Like she takes off, she like she takes off her gown and then she takes off her jacket and then she takes off her undercoat and then she starts <laughs> working the console. <laughs> Rolls up her sleeves. Um, and then uh, for my companion, I want uh, the companion to be like a f- op- the opposite of the Doctor. So I want uh, it to be an older hippie kind of uh, guy that was raised by, uh, he was the younger, so, uh, younger son of a um, member of the House of Lords. So uh, I want the actor to be balding in front and long hair <laughs> in the back. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, who's, that, who's that guy? The bald, the bald fellow with the long hair. <laughs> that comedian. Yeah, that comedian. Yeah, yeah. That, um, that one comedian we all know. I totally so, know what you guys are talking about. So, I imagine this guy, like, she, look it up. she picks this guy name. up in an episode where she visits Woodstock or something. like The British version of that. Right, right. So the first episode where we will meet the Doctor and her companion uh, will be set at Glastonbury Music Festival. Ah, nice. Uh, the TARDIS will appear next to a row of porta potties uh, <laughs> As uh, she stumbles out of it in the last Doctor's attire... She'll, um, one uh, young man will run in and then he'll jump out uh, with his pants all wet. Uh, and the doctor will slap on the uh, psychic paper and she'll um, start looking around and she'll bump into the companion and he'll fall over. She'll lose her keys. The, the Silurians show up and they try to steal the key so they can take the TARDIS. <laughs> And then it all ends in a Dali Parton uh, saxophone uh, ending. That's fun. I also found the comedian. His name is Bill Bailey. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm. Um, That sounds amazing. Sounds really fun. Do you have an overarching plot or is it just the setup? I want it episodic. Um, And the main main arc should be the Doctor uh, and her companion coming to terms with their life it because they're both meant to be in midlife crises as it were mm-hmm. and they're trying to understand themselves and get accept what they've done in the past right that sounds really cool, cool. i like that yeah very uh, well thought out thank you all righty dan right. okay um i have this is called the fuck thomas johnson thomas johnson sucks uh the season <laughs> So I'm uh, going Dan, I just to give everyone a little context. Uh, Dan's got uh, a lot of weight on his shoulders here because most conversations we have about Doctor Who usually start with Dan saying, "You want to know how I fix it?" <laughs> and now he's going to show us how. Yeah, this is how you <laughs> fix it, ladies and gentlemen. I am correct at this. Um, but first, I think uh, I saw somebody wrote a tweet about that. Uh, I wrote a tweet about that. <laughs> so, Oof. um. So here, here's how here's how I'd fix it. Um, 
okay, so there are a couple of things that I don't like about modern Doctor Who. It's a long list, but uh, there's a couple that I can <laughs> fix right now. Um, the first is that all of the companions are human. Right, that's a fair point. Uh, mm. All the companions are from modern day, mm. and 95% of the companions are women. So, I'm going to have the companion be a Silurian. Nice. The and those are again. Those are the lizard folk that lived under the uh, lived here before us. So also native to Earth. They're also native to Earth. So I'm not going too far. <laughs> <laughs> Just a few hundred million years. Yeah. So um, we're in Victorian uh, London. Uh, the TARDIS has crashed because the TARDIS always crashes when the Doctor regenerates. And instead of the TARDIS rebuilding itself, it's damaged too much and it's just broken. It's completely broken and the Doctor has to fix it. Nice. But the, so the Doctor's um, going to spend three episodes in Victorian London with the Silurian that lives there. Not Madame Vashtra, but another one. I didn't want it to be Madame Vashtra. Um, what's, what's wrong with her? She's got her own thing going on. So it would be a male Silurian? Yeah, sure. Um, played by Andy Serkis. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> you hey. might do it for a passion project. You aiming know. for the aiming for the sky here. Um, <laughs> he's the best person I can think to work under makeup. All right. Okay. Fair cool. Mm-hmm. Um. So the TARDIS gets rebuilt with a bunch of stuff, and this Doctor, um, who I, can't, I haven't really thought of a good casting, but uh, this Doctor is um. He makes stuff out of stuff that he finds around. He's like, cool, I can make this cool sci-fi gadget. Just get me a bit of string. So he's like MacGyver. He's MacGyvering it completely. But um, instead of it looking like it could be built by whatever he finds, we just cut to a sci-fi gadget, (laughs) like like a teleporter. But he made it out of string and a bit of of kettle that he found. And it goes... Ding. Uh, it always goes ding. <laughs> My word. So, yeah, I love that. Um, we're gonna only going to have one um, episode set in modern day Earth. Nice. And that is going to be the um, the episode that sets up my unit spin-off from last week. Nice. Uh, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> I like that it connects. Um, but then uh, in the finale... Oh, and he doesn't have the fucking sonic screwdriver. No Sonic. No. Uh, let me let me guess. He has cool Sonic sunglasses now. One hundred percent. He has those steampunk goggles. They're Sonic. <laughs> well, that makes uh, sense. That's worse than the sunglasses. Of course, hey, as it's long worse. as he doesn't wear a hoodie, I'm cool. Ah, <laughs> uh, he's got um. He he finds some Victorian garments that he likes nice. to dress up like class that. for that. Um, I'm making a steampunk doctor, but more importantly. Um, it's going to. There's going to be dropping hints that he hasn't seen humans or really connected with humans in about 300 years. Okay. And then in the finale, uh, he meets Jodie Whittaker. Oh. And it's Jodie Whittaker's doctor, and it turns out that he is the doctor from this universe, and Jodie Whittaker went to his universe. Ah, oh, that's so cool. So he's the Thomas Child, and not her. <laughs> that's how you fix it, everyone. <laughs> BBC, are you listening? Yeah, I fixed it, and then um, let's just imagine BBC going, "No." <laughs> yeah, well, screw them. They British. They didn't say no before. They should have said no before. <laughs> <laughs> um. So now, uh, so now she gets sent to her universe, the 
Prime universe. Um, after three seasons with this doctor, um, she can regenerate or whatever. Um, but point is, this is the Thomas Child, not that uh, bullshit. It should have been the master. So tell me more about the costuming for the your steampunk doctor. Steampunk doctor, you got you got classic vest, pocket watch. Nice. Um, maybe he has like the sonic screwdriver, but like it's steampunk theme. But he doesn't use it for anything more than opening a door or uh, assembling cabinets. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna do assemble a cabinet at them. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> a screwdriver is not. Water pistols. I didn't even bring up Sonic Screwdriver in mine because I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want it either, but I don't mind having it as long as it's not a MacGuffin. Right. Um, so... Are we talking hats for this doctor? It's oh, been a while since we've had a doctor in a hat. You know what? It has been a while. Let's put him in a hat. What sort of hat? Bowler like a top hat? hat? Oh, a bowler hat. Ooh, yeah, bowler cap. Um, uh, he... he um, he takes it off and pulls out instructions and blueprints uh, <laughs> for the stuff. And he has and to that say, becomes a MacGuffin instead. At some point, he has to say, I wear a bowler hat. Bowler hats are cool. No. no? All right. We've, we're done with your dumb ideas. He, has, <laughs> he neither has a sonic screwdriver nor a bowler hat. He okay. certainly doesn't have bowler hats, uh, uh, sonic's fucking goggles. But he does have the goggles. They help. He puts them on and does like, his gadget. He always puts them on, does the things. Anyway, that is my idea. Cool. Like um, uh, what about villains? Have you got any ideas for overarching villains? Mm, no. I, I, um, I like the villains showing up and he, he's just... He's, I like the doctor that goes to a place, solves a problem and leaves. I don't care about the them being like, oh no, it's the doctor. Big, scary doctor dude. I, I know one that would be great for an overarching villain for you. Mm. Okay. The absorber log. No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Boo! 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 Everyone yep. loves it. All the listeners. Boo! Um, but if I'm ignoring the Thomas Child, which I'm happy to do, um, he'll um, this Doctor will last about I don't know three, uh, four seasons, um, and you know that's a good time frame. But I haven't got anything past the first season. Um, especially if we're not focusing on the Timeless Child, which I'm happy to do um, and fix it. We'll just ignore it for a few decades. Oh, and when it. someone else, when one of the writers brings it up, we're like, oh yeah, we were meant to erase that from the timeline, weren't we? <laughs> and then we will. Um, but yeah, I like I like my steampunk Doctor idea. I've always liked... So ever since Jodie Whittaker like, built her sonic screwdriver using a bunch of, using the spoon. I was like, that's a great concept for a doctor. Mm. A doctor that just builds stuff and thinks their way out of stuff instead of having a magic wand. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's my main point. I, I don't care about the Timeless Child thing. That was just something I threw in because you asked for an overarching plot. Um, Thank you. J- just with <laughs> the magic wand thing, I, I know that there's been a lot of Doctor Who crossovers in, over the years, t- um, Star Trek and... So on and so what, but there's never been a Doctor Who and Wizards, unless you count the Lego Movie. And uh, well, they did have that um, charity one they did with Fantastic Beasts, where um, unless I made this up in my head, you might have. Um, <laughs> Tell me about it. Wasn't there a thing where Newt Scamander was on the phone to the Doctor? <laughs> I'm going to look this up. You um, guys vamp. Okay, um, um, Lexi, 
what do you think of my kakadu idea? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm d- dead set. I'm sure there was like a uh, like a comedy, um, not a comedy, but like a children in need children in need or something like where they did this scene where it was like matt smith's doctor talking on the phone to eddie redmayne's newt's commander that same holy shit there it is is it real uh, did i i didn't imagine bbc it. children in need 2016 fantastic beast and doctor Who. i knew it congratulations yay yeah i'm dead inside a bit more congratulations, anyway congratulations you tempo. brought up harry potter uh but you're right but at what cost uh, so, um, okay. are you in being inspired by memes? No, no. I wanted to share this one with you because it was um, from the uh, the comedy special that the three doctors did. Um, oh no! The the old, the old dudes. Which um, <laughs> old dudes? And, and there's there's like all of them. them. It's them going into the new TARDIS. So it's uh, Sylvester McCoy, um, uh, <laughs> um, Colin Baker, Colin Baker, and um, if you want grumpy, I hate Doctor Who, Doctor, you get Colin Baker. Yeah, so so the three of them are there, and are they um, just complaining? It's li- it's literally them touching all the things in the new TARDIS, and so you've got Sylvester McCoy at the start, at the start, like just old man staring <laughs> up at the ceiling, <laughs> like what is that? And he's like, "What the heck are those things? Have they turned it into a helicopter?" <laughs> and then you've got Colin Baker touching the internal console, and he's like, "I can't be doing with this atmospheric lighting. I like to see what I'm doing." <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got um, oh, what's uh, David Tennant's father-in-law that was the doctor? Oh, Peter Davison. Peter Davison. Uh, he's like <laughs> he's leaning on surfaces, and he's like, "You lean on it, and nothing happens. Doesn't wobble at all." <laughs> <laughs> My word, the disrespect that they show to the old show. I would like to replace my entire idea to just have Colin Baker as the companion to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but he gets to wear a leather jacket this time around. Oh my <laughs> god! Okay. The doctor keeps dressing him up in different clothing that he hates. <laughs> uh, I don't think he could hate anything more than he hated his original costume. <laughs> no, um, Bo, do you have ideas? I do. I do have many ideas. Um, I was very much inspired by your idea of not um, sticking so much to Earth. Yeah, and one thing I miss about uh, more so. I would say Christopher Eccleston's era of Doctor Who was that the idea of Doctor Who was that it was a journey through time and space. And yet oh my God, they should name the machine after that. <laughs> so I like the idea that um, my Doctor would also travel to other worlds. Um, I, I like the idea of, of him uh, going to places that you know we may not necessarily have heard of yet. It's like a new planet or... Or something like that. So um, I would like him to be very much uh, an intergalactic uh, doctor rather than just kind of home basing it at Earth. I mean, why Earth? Because it's cheap to film. <laughs> <laughs> there are rocks on different but worlds. I mean, we have a lot of good CGI technology nowadays. Um, you know, that the BBC can afford. Yeah, certainly. I think so, yeah. Oh, they certainly can now. Mm. But I mean, in terms of <laughs> it's just more accessible. So uh, I'd like to see that. Um my doctor would uh, be a male doctor this time around. Okay. Uh, I'd say he's going to be roughly five, seven, five, eight. Mm-hmm. Black uh, hair. Dark hair. Prob- <laughs> uh, first doctor to have a beard, uh, I think, as well. Um, See, seems a bit short. Uh, uh, yeah, they you know, may have to make may special cameras some um, say just that. because 
you know, I, I think like all the BBC's cameras like are set for around six feet, unless he stands on a box. Yeah, just put him on a box. Alternatively, like if you're looking for a <clears throat> physical description of him, I would say. Um, I would say if I was to go off your suggestion about um, five foot six, uh, black hair. Uh, five foot seven. Come on, let's okay, let's, okay. Five <laughs> let's stretch the on. truth. <laughs> five foot six and a half, uh, black hair, slightly shaven, wearing mm. a white shirt. Yes. It, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> that's it. With an Australian um, accent? No, he wouldn't have an Australian accent. Because he's a good actor. Yes, he's a good actor. Um, <laughs> but he'd be from Australia. He would be definitely be from Australia. Uh, he would also be represented by Gina Stodge at GSM. Uh, feel free to give me a call, BBC. Uh, <laughs> BBC, if you're listening to this, why? <laughs> you have BBC, if you're, listen- <laughs> if you're listening to this, please. <laughs> He's desperate. Desperate over here, people. BBC, if you're listening to this, forget him. Get Peter Capaldi on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> uh, so all jokes aside, uh, I would like to see a male doctor. Um, if I was to cast uh, a legitimate doctor in terms of a, a proper a proper Brit, uh, I would love to see somebody like Michael Sheen uh, play the role of the doctor. He is a proper Brit. And he's a phenomenal actor, uh, and he's also BFFs with David Tennant. And he will um, also do TV. And he would do TV. Something <laughs> I didn't think about for my companion. <laughs> uh, so, I, yeah, I would like to see uh, that. And I, I would like, from a costuming point of view, I would like to see my doctor be, um, you, you know those old, uh, say, like Mr. Darcy-style long coats? Mm. Yeah. Like mm. that, but keep it a bit more sort of modern underneath. So you'd have like regular kind of trousers and uh, Matt Smith kind of boots. And then you'd have uh, like a what the waistcoat and maybe uh, a bit of an ascot. Um, That's a good look. An yeah. ascot. Yeah, Is like he Fred? Like a cravat. <laughs> cravat. He is Fred. He's Fred. He's bland. <laughs> He's not bland anymore. I, I, I haven't, I I haven't heard about the character yet, but I'm, I I'm interested. Well, I got into Doctor Who from looking at a poster of the Doctor and going, that guy looks cool. So that's where I, I go off how I, how would I like the Doctor to look? That's going to be the coolest thing for so me. So you're about. pitching a, um, a Doctor that looks cool. What's that's his right. personality like? Uh, grumpy. Definitely grumpy old man energy. Both of you went for grumpy. Yeah. I, I went for grumpy in a very different way, I feel. Uh, to my companion here, mm. uh, because I hey, am the, I the companion? I put the comp- uh, <laughs> yes. grumpy in the shape of a pretty young girl, yeah, a younger woman. Sorry, mine's that like is the funny. same thing, but a young man. Uh, but he's got the attitude yeah, of a I seventy-five-year-old. Mean, uh, I mean, you are in your thirties. Yeah, you're. But that's technically a young man, and you have a um a grumpy attitude. That's right. And you just imagine you're just casting yourself again, pretty much. You, this is just you pitching Plugging. your own outfit. Yeah, so exactly, it's what I would do if I was the doctor. Uh, oh, if they God, let me why choose. did we end with you? <laughs> um. So the where was I going with this? Um. From a, an aesthetic your fan point fiction. of view. Now imagine, <laughs> uh, say maybe not Michael Sheen. Okay. But maybe uh, someone somebody, shorter, somebody like uh, <laughs> Ben Whishaw, right? Ben Whishaw, who plays Q in the new Bond films. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So he he I, he's the voice of Paddington. Oh, well. in that case, ten out of ten would cast him in anything. Yeah, right. So he would be a good doctor. Yeah. Uh, so imagine that look, but with the grumpy attitude of the old guy from Up. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's kind of Ugh. that's his personality. Uh, as oh far my god! And the grumpy guy from Up. Just had someone on his house, mm. and it's just like, oh, you're in the TARDIS. 
Well, I can't land. I could. Like, I'm not going to. busy. <laughs> so, uh, from a story point of view, I would like to see an overarching story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like it to be peppered with Monster of the Week type episodes. <gasps> the Ozobolov can come back. Exactly. Well, it could, but mm. not in the way that you might think. What? <laughs> what you don't realise is that at the end of the first season, the main villain that set everything up was, in fact, the Absorbalov. Oh, I love it! It's Best doctor yet! It's so good! <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much! But what would happen is he'd be like, do you remember that time your companions foiled my plan? And he'd be like, no! He'd be like, what? Who even are you? <laughs> what are you? <laughs> you look like a testicle. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually probably the most accurate description of the absorber. <laughs> looks like a giant uh, testicle. Why are you wearing and on that note, goodbye. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Tell me about the inside of your TARDIS. Ah, okay, inside of the TARDIS. I want it to be like a... Um, have you ever seen the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes films? Yes. yes. 221B Baker Street in the first film. Oh, okay. Ooh, yes. I want that with the the, the middle console, um, the center console, uh, to be kind of still more sci-fi, but everything around it just looked like a Victorian era um, apartment. Hey, we both went for Victorian. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so that would be the interior of the TARDIS. I would still definitely use a uh, sonic screwdriver. Uh, I am a sucker for the old uh, gadgets. What would you use it for? Uh, like convenience or opening doors? Threats mostly. <laughs> so plot convenience, okay. Because it'd be like the legend of of the Sonic Screwdriver. All the villains would be like, "Oh, he's got this thing that just does anything." And he's like, "It does." I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I like he used the Sonic, and he's like, "Actually, this it's been broken for about sixty years, but <laughs> they think bucks, it still works." <laughs> Ten bucks, BBC will steal that. The what? That only will the be the only thing the BBC ever takes from us. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so as long um, as they give me an interview, <laughs> no, then they take whatever. <laughs> and I would like my uh, my Sonic to be um, purple glowy. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, because Matt Smith had green, mm-hmm. um, and David Tennant had blue, and I want to be the Samuel L. Jackson guy that gets to choose <laughs> purple. You can write motherfucker on the side. <laughs> I couldn't even spot him in the crowd. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's pretty much my doctor, I think. Um, a companion. Companion. A companion. Um, well, basically, what how the story would begin was um, the person that would be the companion, a uh, young mm. woman probably. Probably. Mm. Um, would be in a situation where she's just living normally domestically as, as you are and uh, she would be attacked by um, the, the villains and then the doctor, who is not me, <laughs> um, would save her mm-hmm. and then she would come and be the companion for the series. Um, and at the end of the first series, I would regenerate into a much better looking doctor. <laughs> and then what do you she, mean you? she would fall in love with the next doctor and we'd just basically be reliving the whole uh, Rose Tyler event. <laughs> 
which is actually Dan's favourite story in all of Doctor Who. It's so great! <laughs> it's either that or the absorber laugh. At, at the end, does it turn out that the Doctor actually made it so she would become the perfect companion? Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And so oh, he's a no, groomer. Fake! Every every <laughs> every companion after that would be compared to that companion, and they would have to live with that curse. <sighs> I feel a bit ill. <laughs> and um, then he'd get another companion who was like a a nurse or a doctor or something, and he'd be like, "You know what? You're still not as cool as that person that, that ran the fish and chip shop before." <laughs> oh no. <laughs> So um, what what I'm hearing is that Bo wasted his entire pitch to troll me, <laughs> <laughs> and I admire that in a pitch. No, but all jokes aside, I would definitely have a companion. Uh, I would I would not um, I wouldn't want it to give into any of the cliches of some of the old Doctor Who stuff though. So I quite like the idea that they would be a a Holmes and Watson style partnership where he would actually be drawn to somebody who was. Uh, there because they are quite brilliant in their own right. So I'd like to see, um, uh, for those of you that have seen Elementary, um, mm. the Watson mm. in Elementary is um, very brilliant in her own right because she's a surgeon. Uh, so he, Sherlock, relies quite heavily off of her uh, knowledge and her uh, medical understanding of, of you know how the human body works. So I would like to see um, somebody that was like really smart and also uh, emotionally smart as well to the point where they're like, you're basically a giant child, aren't you? And the doctor's like, what? Nobody's ever called me on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my, 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 my. Yeah. I actually quite like that idea. Thank you, Dan. The Holmes and Watson setup. Mm. Mm. Um, the the, the Victorian-ness. Um, I really like that. Um, I, I do like the Holmes and Watson setup. It's really good to have the doctor be like an expertise and all these aliens and bullshit. And then... Uh, the companions and expertise. Straight facts. Yeah. And then the expertise. And can you imagine that person going to other planets and being like, holy shit, the, like, look at this place. Yeah. That would be cool. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I quite like the idea of if it was a female companion and a male doctor, uh, people being of the assumption that there was like a romance there and the doctor's like, ew, no, what? <laughs> um, I have no interest in anyone, uh, really. <laughs> I'd, um, they they did that with Donna. You know, your favourite companion, oh, Donna. Donna. Um, you said Sorry, I just got these buttons today and I'm pretty happy about it. Uh. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I think I think I'm on board with most of what you said. I wouldn't have the running joke of them being mistaken for a couple. Mm. I'd just have them be just be friends. Oh, they would always there would never be anything more than that. I think I, I just like at least one joke in there. All right. Where they go, just shoot it down. Because that was my big thing about elementary. I was like, oh, no, they're going to make Holmes and Watson a couple. And as soon as they do that, I'm out. And then they never did. And I was like, yes, this is the best show. How long did it take you to realize that they never did and never would? Well, I'm talking like before I saw the first season. So I was like, I was like, oh, God, because I thought it's American. They're going to just they're going to make it like romance thing. And then they didn't. And it was so good. Mm hmm. Anyway, I think, are you all done? I am done. Thank you. Any more notes? Um, no, I'm good. I've been Brendan. I've been Daniel. And I have been Bo and will hopefully someday be the doctor now that I've pitched that mad pitch. Yeah, if you, if you BBC, if you like any of our pitches, you know, 
Hit us up. Get a therapist. <laughs> I love that yours is get a therapist and mine a starving <laughs> actor. Is. Hit us up, please, for the love of God. Uh, thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.